On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Saturday, February the 12th, Ian Cameron. Uh, we have Renus Vitalins Vito with us today, as he is uh, going to be on Saturdays and Sundays with us on the show moving forward. And we have a special guest joining us. You can see him, hear him on the point, Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio. Uh, Jay Khan, he's done a lot of videos on YouTube for uh, NHL as well in terms of uh, sport, uh, betting NHL, fantasy uh, picks with NHL as well. So happy to have Jay Khan joining us on the show today. Jake, we'll start with you since you're making your first Ice Guys appearance, hopefully the first many uh, moving forward. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be with you guys. And this is a fun time of the year. I know, uh, Ian, you cover every sport. I don't think there's a stone that, that you leave unturned for the most part. And now that football season's sort of winding down, we're on Super Bowl weekend here. We're going to play our last football game for a long time until college football and NFL kick back up again in late August, early September. This to me is when the, the drive really starts for, for betting on hockey. And I could really zero in on it. I'm not distracted by college football cards or NFL cards or anything like that. So uh, this is, this is a fun, fun time of the year. We actually got a couple of pretty good slates this weekend too. And a lot of early games on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, we do. Uh, and we will get to them in uh, just a second. Actually, you know what, uh, Vito, uh, welcome in, of course. Uh, so, apparently, we're hearing feedback from someone's mic, so apologize for that. I don't know where it's coming from, but we'll see if we can pinpoint that. But uh, Vito, welcome to the uh, show. How are you? Uh, hello, hello, guys. My pleasure to be here on Saturday. I'm doing very great. I've gone through the whole slate. I've prepared some best bets, so on. Everything's been fine. I've you know, been watching some Olympic games, uh, hockey, obviously. Some great games today, I mean, some upsets, some high-scoring games. And, well, yeah, that's it. Well, I guess let's get to the slate. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's get right to it because there's a game that's dropping the puck, like seriously, like right yes. now or in a minute from now. So we'll talk about that quickly. We got the Philadelphia Flyers and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Detroit minus 140, home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. I'm going to be brief. I'm not involved in the game at all. I didn't bet the Detroit-Philly game earlier this week. I did lean to Detroit. And I missed out on my opportunity. I said, Red Wings are still, I think, a little bit better than the Flyers. There's Claude Giroux trade rumors left and right. There's now people reporting that Colorado is hot and heavy discussions with Philadelphia for Claude Giroux. And I'm telling you right now, if they get uh, Claude Giroux, maybe just give them the Stanley Cup uh, at this point. Uh, that could be remarkable if he ends up going there. Uh, but I don't have much here. I mean, now you got to pay a little bit more of a premium for Detroit. I mean, in Philly this week when they won that game, they were minus 110, minus 115. Now you got to lay minus 140. Philly is in revenge. Uh, not that that matters. Some, like I say, revenge spots, you throw them out the window when it's a bad team, you know, in a lot of cases. But it's just a game I didn't have a strong opinion on. So not not much more to say about it than that. Uh, Jake, we'll go to you on this one. What do you think here? Red Wings hosting the Flyers. 
Yeah, I, I think if I'm leaning towards a side here, I do like the value with the Flyers if I had to pick. It didn't end up making my card. I actually went with the shot prop route on this game. And a player that I've sort of noticed has turned things around recently in the shot prop market has been Lucas Raymond. Now, early in the season, Lucas Raymond was really solid and you were getting some plus money on his over two and a halfs. He really dipped in terms of his shot production for quite a while, actually, really a month, month and a half. And recently, you look at his past couple of weeks, he's starting to shoot the puck a lot again. And you're still getting some pretty good numbers on him. I got an over two and a half shot prop at plus 150 for Lucas Raymond today. So I'm going to ride that. I don't mind Mo Sider as well. He's starting to get to the two and a half range, but you can find him for good plus money as well. Plus plus 140, plus 150, something in that range. Mo, Mo Sider is driving a lot of the offense from the back end. So that's sort of the angle I, I would play for that game is a, a couple of Red Wing shot props. All right, that's great stuff from Jake, and we've been talking a lot more about player props on this show this season in particular, goal scorer props, points props, power play points, and shots on goal props. I've really been betting a lot of those, and there's a certain Toronto Maple Leaf that we'll get to later in the show that I've been riding uh, shots on goal to the over with, uh, and uh, definitely there's some good opportunities. You know you know who's playing. If they're going up the line lineup, they're maybe being elevated from a fourth or a third line role to a top six role. Those are good shots on goal opportunities to take advantage of because you're going to get increased ice time. There are a lot of opportunities and inefficiencies in the betting markets to take advantage of with shots on goal props. So to hear Jake getting involved right away with shots on goal in this game, it's definitely a market you can take advantage of. Uh, Vito, what do you like here, if anything? Flyers, Red Wings. Yeah, well, here in Europe, we don't have the shot prop actually, uh, prop uh, odds actually so much. So I'm keeping it more simple, you know, with the sides and overs. Well, in this game, I mean, I love these revenge spots this uh, season, how it works so far, but, well, I'm not taking Philadelphia on a revenge spot. Well, because I'm simply, I'm not taking them because I still find actually Detroit a much better team. And why they're a much better team? Because they have two, one of the two best rookies in the league, like Sider and Raymond, okay? Those two rookies, that's why they are where they are. You know, they're like fifth in their division, not like bottom last because of the good rookies they have. And I, well, now the value has very dropped on the Detroit. I mean, I see the three-way regulation price less than a plus money. That's not a way to go. And uh, well, only the uh, only thing what I can look at here and what I have placed is over uh, six in this game. Because well, if we watch actually in last uh, five games, these teams allow more than three goals per game. Well, Philly three point four, Detroit three point six. Detroit is scoring three point four as well. So all the numbers lead me to over in this game. It could be the sleepy start since it's an early game, right? But, well, yeah, I think it goes over. So that would be my bet in this game, over six goals. All right, there we go. Over six for Vito with Red Wings and Flyers. That game's just started, uh, so make sure you get – you can still bet that live, of course. All sports books offer live betting for the most part, so you can get in on some of this stuff if you haven't done so uh, already. Uh, all right, next up, we've got the Ottawa Senators taking on the Boston Bruins. Boston minus 145. Uh, road favorites in this game, five and a half the total, uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Uh, when you look at the Boston Bruins, they obviously have their share of issues, and that's putting it mildly at this point in time. Uh, no question about that. They've struggled, and I've said it repeatedly on this show, uh, they struggle to beat good teams, and we saw that again against Carolina. Uh, they've had their trouble stepping up in class this year. Jimmy Murphy, who covers the Bruins, uh, Jake, I don't know if you knew, but Jimmy Murphy, who's a regular contributor on this show, he's covers the Bruins, and he has said it all year. This team is just not getting enough from your Charlie Coyles and your Jake DeBrusques. And down the lineup, they're not getting enough punch. Even Taylor Hall's had a mundane season by his standards. There's not enough to help 
Patrice Bergeron and, and David Posternock and Brad Marchand. And now you're in a situation where you have no Brad Marchand say, uh, serving the second game of that six-game suspension for that moronic, idiotic no, display uh, on Tristan Jari earlier this week. And you've got Patrice Bergeron still nursing his injury uh, that's keeping him out with that upper body injury. He didn't even travel uh, to Ottawa for this game. You're, you're definitely up against it a little bit. You've got two depth defensemen, Jakob Zaborl, Uho Vekanainen. Uh, Vakanainen still out for the uh, Boston Bruins. So uh, there's definitely some concerns right now with this group. Uh, and all Ottawa's done is start to win a few games since the break. You know, they beat, uh, obviously, Carolina in impressive fashion, beat New Jersey. Uh, they were right there with Pittsburgh, but couldn't beat Casey DeSmith. A little bit of a shocking result there that Casey DeSmith got the uh, upset or got the shutout in that game Two nothing, but Matt Murray's played well. You know, you can't even fault him for the loss against Pittsburgh. He did everything he could. You only give up one goal. You know, you've given, you've done your job. You've given your team a chance to win, but it wasn't enough. They didn't give him the quote unquote run support, if you will. I think we do have a live home underdog here. I definitely think there's some issues. There's some concerns at the moment with the Boston Bruins. I don't love them laying a price on the road right now, given their struggles, given they're without two of their probably top three players on the team right now, certainly up front with no Marchand and no Bergeron. And unfortunately, no Marchand, no Bergeron means no Bruins bet, usually for me. I mean, when you look at it, we need more from all of these guys. We need more from DeBrusque. We need more from Eric Howla. What's Nick Foligno done offensively this year? I mean, this guy, you can't find him with a telescope on the ice. Yeah, he brings leadership. Yeah, he's a physical presence. He can play in different situations for you. But my goodness, put a puck in the net for me, will you please? I mean, my gosh, we need some offense if you're the Bruins. Not we, but if I'm a Bruins fan, that's what I'm saying right now. And, and you just and that's the shocking part of Felino's game. And we saw this in Columbus at the end. We saw it when he went to Toronto last year. The offensive well has kind of dried up for him a little bit. He's got to find it again. He needs someone to step up offensively, and nobody is right now for Boston. So I think we have a live home dog. It's obviously a, the price has moved on Ottawa, but I, I still would lean that way at plus 130 here. Home underdog, Ottawa Senators. Uh, Vito, we'll start with you on this one. Boston and Ottawa. Let's go. All right. Well, for Ottawa, uh, this is they play next day. They play Washington Capitals. I guess that's the place where you can actually maybe look to fade a little bit Ottawa since they will be on a back-to-back after the plane, you know. Uh, but for tonight's matchup, I mean, you know, when, once Ottawa starts to play these great teams like Carolina, Pittsburgh, they get to their level. They start to be on their level. You know, they want to beat these teams. And Boston is one of those teams, you know, and now they can take, I think, the advantage of even um, Bergeron and uh, Marchand being out, you know, and Boston is still a great club, you know. So Ottawa, I think they will want this victory here in tonight. Uh, it's also a division rival game. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty physical, emotional game. And one more thing well, about the Boston. Boston is 6-1 in afternoon games this season. But, you know, that record, that's why it's 6-1, you know. Maybe it gets 6-2 tomorrow, you know. That's why there's no so huge maybe sometimes records. So I don't pay that attention so much, but I just wanted to give it out maybe on the show. Maybe someone cares about that. Anyways, and well, I expect actually to, for the Boston to, to regression to kick in, you know, because I expected them maybe against the Carolina to come out a little bit, some you know, if there's not Marshan, Bergeron, someone else will get that play time. I expected at least for Boston to someone will score. Well, they had one chance in the first period. But anyways, nobody actually stepped up. So not sure what they're going to do in the next games. I'm checking now actually who are they going to play. They're playing afterwards. They're playing now Senators. Then they go against Rangers, Islanders against Senators. Maybe they drop all the games, <laughs> to be honest. It's possible, I think. 
So we're going to see what happens today. I'm definitely leaning uh, all of a side here, but I don't have any official place in this game. Yeah, and by the way, bad job by me forgetting to mention this, but I should. Matt Grizzlick out today for Boston as well. One of their better reliable defensemen left the game early against Carolina due to injury and will not be uh, in the lineup for Bruce Cassidy and the Bruins today. So yeah. the hits just keep mention, on coming. Uh, I wanted to mention Matt um, goalies and Matt Murray has been hot as well for all of us. Yep. And he's confirmed today. So that's great. That yeah, Swayman. Cool. Yeah. And Swayman for Boston once again. And that's by necessity because Tuka Rask, of course, is retired. I still think they want Swayman to be the number one guy. Linus Allmark is just too inconsistent, erratic. And really, he is what he is. He's been mostly a backup caliber goalie, uh, Linus Allmark. They want Jeremy Swayman to grab the number one job. But again, that's putting a lot on his plate. He's got to be letter perfect because Boston right now, without Marshawn, without Bergeron, and not enough of the supporting cast doing enough to step up in their time of need uh, right now. Uh, Jake, what do you think here, Bruins, Senators? We'll make it a round of sense here, guys. And I actually, this was the first bet I made for the card. I made this bet last night. And this has kind of been a theme for me, I'd say the last three weeks to a month. And something I'm going to be targeting in the second half of the season in the betting market is taking the sense as dogs. And oftentimes we're getting them as much bigger dogs than we are today against Boston. And you guys laid out the reason why I think the line is the way that it is. If Boston was fully healthy, we're probably looking at a minus 170, minus 180, maybe even more for the Bruins in this game. But it's it's a little bit closer to a pick em because of the fact that Bergeron and Marchand are out of the lineup. But I really think the Sens are going to be a great dog team in the second half. And they've been a great dog team over the past few weeks and, and a team that I've really been riding. So I was all in on the Sens when I saw a dog price on them with the injuries that Boston has right now. Ottawa's dealing with a couple injuries themselves. Guys like Drake Batherson, Josh Norris out of the lineup. But those guys have been out for about a week or so, at least, maybe more. And they've still been playing well. So I'm not too concerned about those injuries. I think the injuries affect Boston more on that side of the puck. So I like I like the Sens at plus money. And if you are looking to dip into the shop prop market, I think you can take advantage of the Bruins injuries and look to a couple guys, a Jake DeBrusque, a Taylor Hall, guys that are moving up in the lineup, maybe getting power play time where they weren't before. And I think you can catch some good prices on guys like that exactly jake the perfect situations that i've often talked about on this show about take advantage of players moving up in the lineup what does that mean it means they're going to be playing with better players around them on their line they're going to get power play minutes they're going to get more ice time just overall uh, in general and it's not often going to be factored into your shots on goal props odds makers will not ever adjust for those situations believe me they, they know diddly squat about hockey we all uh, can take advantage of these situations and odds makers i always say you know they try to they just basically make numbers based on raw numbers that's it if you can find little spe specific situations that you can take advantage of and poke some big time holes in those numbers that are posted for shots on goal. You can take advantage of them. And certainly those are always good situations to look at players moving up in the lineup. Cause you know, they're going to have a better chance to get uh, those shots on goal. And it's funny. We talk about how uh, Batherson and Norris have been out for a while for Ottawa. And you've got two big guns out for Boston, obviously Marshawn and Bergeron yet Ottawa's had the better done the better job of getting others to step up for those two guys, Batherson and Norris, Timmy Stutzla has been chipping in. Uh, Tyler Ennis has found it all of a sudden. He's had a hat trick, you know, in a game recently as well. Connor Brown just came back, and we know he can be a difference maker for Ottawa. Great player, both ends of the ice. Uh, just a hard worker, great on the forecheck, plays in all situations, has some offensive finish too. So Ottawa's actually had, had more of their, you know, supporting cast step up for Batherson and Norris than Boston have uh, for Marshawn and Bergeron. So we'll see if that 
uh, that uh, pattern continues here uh, going into this game. All right, the final game of the afternoon slate, the early afternoon slate. This one drops the puck very shortly as well. Columbus Blue Jackets, Montreal Canadiens. Columbus minus 140, uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. You know it's an over bet for me when it's Montreal. I've been riding these consistently uh, every single game going back to several games before the All-Star break. When I caught on to this, Montreal just defensive disaster that they are uh, in their own zone and you, there's no doubt Marty San Louis the new head coach is going to try to fix that and I think it may might get better in time but it's going to take time and we saw that against Washington you know you don't just snap your fingers bring a new head coach behind the bench and suddenly uh, what is he going to play defense for them he's going to be in, uh, making a save for them in between the pipes Marty San Louis no he can't do that he can just rely on the players that play for him to do that and it's going to take time to coax and coach that kind of improvement at the defensive end out of this team. Uh, so that remains the big problem moving forward. Another f- loss, of course, to uh, Washington the other night. Now, Samuel Montembeau's in net for Montreal today, and I actually think that's a good decision because, you know, Caden Primo's just got no confidence whatsoever right now. Some of those goals against Washington, he's got to make the save. He's got to stop them. He's got to have them. He didn't. Uh, he got pulled in that game, so it's natural that uh, Marty St. Louis is going to give uh, Samuel Montembeau, who's kind of struggled at times too, but he's also had a couple of terrific performances. Like he had some games where he's facing 40, 50 shots, and he's holding Arizona, uh, Montreal uh, in the game. So Montembeau has been capable. Will they play better in front of him is the question. The way I see it, guys, is like nobody's going to want to bet Montreal except perhaps me today because I actually am looking at Montreal here as a home dog. I said it on the Friday show yesterday. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to step out a little bit here and say the Montreal Canadiens will beat the Columbus Blue Jackets and they will give Marty St. Louis his first win as a head coach. So it's a good spot. They're at home with no travel after the Thursday game. Marty St. Louis got his first full practice with the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. That's got to help going into this game. And it's not like, can we trust Columbus and their defensive issues at times laying a significant number on the road here against what I think will be a motivated Montreal team. And keep in mind, despite the 5-2 loss to the Capitals the other night, it was a horrible first period. They took it to Washington in the second period and in the third period, heavily outchanced them, heavily outshot them. If you look at expected goals margin, high danger chances generated, those metric numbers, you'll see Montreal had the advantage in those categories in the last two periods. They were carrying the play significantly to Washington in that game, but they've dug themselves too big of a hole uh, early on. I think Montreal's got a real shot here, potential to finally get on the win, get in the win column and get Marty St. Louis his first uh, win uh, as head coach in the NHL. I like them here. I'll take a shot plus one twenty uh, with the Canadians, plus one twenty five in some spots still uh, as well with them. And keep in mind for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Patrick Lyonnais has been banged up, but he is going to play, which is a good sign. Elvis Merzlikens in net, who has been hot and cold lately, and in fact, more cold than hot. 3.39 goals against average, 904 save percentage. Not great numbers for your countrymen, sorry to say, uh, Vito. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens has been uh, kind of uh, shaky uh, of late. So I think Montreal can uh, find the back of the net a little. And I like the over two. They might dig in defensively, but until I see it from my own two eyes, we're going over the total once again uh, in a Montreal game. Uh, Jake, what do you like here? Columbus, Montreal. 
Not a game I'm necessarily rushing to bet, but I think you make a good case for Montreal just in terms of the odds. And if I'm making the case, I think it's more a fade on the Jackets at their number than it is really a bet on Montreal at the price because I look at Columbus coming in as a road favorite, a pretty significant road favorite. Yeah, it's against probably the worst team in the NHL or one of the worst teams in the NHL, but it's it's tough to back Columbus at that price. So if I'm taking a side, I think I would ride with the Montreal Canadiens. And they actually do have a couple of winnable games here. They have Columbus today and they have Buffalo at home tomorrow so back to back but no travel for Montreal they're doing their Saturday Sunday double like they always do at home on Super Bowl weekend it's become a bit of a tradition in Montreal to play those early games Saturday Sunday before the Super Bowl um, so I like I like the Habs I'm, I'm with you on that if I had to play a side and if I look towards the the shop prop department here I think you can look at a couple of these young players you know one game for Martin St. Louis now this will be game number two behind the bench I'm curious what happens to these younger guys who've been struggling this year it's not been a great season for Nick Suzuki. It's not been a great season for Cole Caulfield. We saw Nick Suzuki have six shots on goal and generate a lot of offense in Martin St. Louis' first game. And you can get him at big plus money for over two and a half shots. So I do like the Suzuki shot prop. I would give a look to the Caulfield prop as well because he does get that time on the first power play unit. The only problem is he's stuck in a bit of a fourth line role right now. So even strength, he doesn't get a ton of run. But uh, on the power play, I think he can grab a couple shots. Maybe he can get one even strength as well and get you the plus money on the over so Caulfield Suzuki uh over two and a half and I I think I would lean towards Montreal with you on that one Ian all right good stuff and I like what you mentioned with those shots on goal talking about Suzuki and Caulfield for Montreal this is one of those spots where you know when I look at shots on goal props you probably think the same way we like the season long numbers we like to see what they've done the last five ten games you know are they getting the chances are they generating those shots on goal but when it comes to Montreal because they've had a coaching change this week you, you worry that maybe all the games that took place prior to the Washington game are stale data now, if you will, because now the w- slate is completely wiped clean for all of these players. Marty St. Louis did not come in here with preconceived notions that, oh, this guy can't get it done. Oh, this guy, you know, I got to make sure I demote him in the lineup because he's been struggling so far. No, everybody's got a clear slate right now, clean slate with this team. And he's going to give everybody equal opportunity, including maybe some of the younger players that have struggled, like the Caulfield, for instance. And look, first game, Cole Caulfield with Marty St. Louis, what happens? Now, he only had two shots, but he did find the back of the net. He did score uh, against Washington. So you mentioned liking uh, Caulfield props. I think in this situation here as well, Caulfield to score a goal. Uh, in terms of the anytime goal scorer market. Uh, definitely, I think it's a situation that you can look at uh, him maybe to find the back of the net, maybe get some confidence. You look at where he is in the lineup here for Montreal going into this game. He's going to get, you know, uh, a relatively uh, solid amount of, uh, 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 I think, potentially get up at the lineup a little bit here uh, as well. Cole Caulfield in this game, he's got the confidence again. I think you're going to see him get more minutes if the coach gets that confidence in him and he might after seeing him find the back of the net against Washington. So Caulfield goal score prop to me, uh, definitely something to consider. You can get, uh, get that probably around uh, a healthy plus three fifty. I'm seeing in some spots for him to score a goal. So I think that's probably worth a look here. Uh, Vito uh, jackets and Canadians. Yes, sir. Uh, one interesting fact about this game is actually that head coach of blue jackets, uh, Larson, Brad Larson, he has worked together with Martin St. Louis in uh, Columbus, as a power play coaches. Uh, St. Louis was an assistant, I guess, for him. So this is kind of, you know, also an interesting matchup for the coaches, you know, I think they're going to get their teams pumped up. So it's, I, I'm going to take easy. And uh, well, looking for Montreal side, I mean, 
yeah, the coach came in and, and all those things, but you know, he had only one practice with the team. He has, and uh, he's been so busy all the time. You know, there's so many things to check. And as he told in, a, I don't know, in media that they didn't have many, a lot of time to work on some things, but maybe he's not telling everything, you know, he, he should not tell everything in the media. Uh, but anyways, yeah, he says he said that one practice is definitely not enough, and now it's too early. Games at twelve thirty, and again another game on a Sunday, twelve thirty against Buffalo. So he's not really sure how the game gonna go. So I think I think first team which will wake up here will get a win. And basically, the team, the Montreal is allowing six goal six goals per game in the last five games. That's a that's a huge number. And uh, Columbus is allowing four point two goals in last. 10 games, that's also a huge number. And Columbus is scoring 4.8 goals, which is also a huge number. Columbus has been hot, you know. Lina has finally found the back of the net. He has scored, I mean, two goals uh, in like three games in a row. Gus Nyquist, Sillinger, Voracek, they have started to feel the puck, feel the stick, you know, hot stick. They're making the shots, not thinking too much. And I think, well, Montreal also gets something today. So I'm on the over this game. Because I've been riding also this uh, overs all the time with Montreal, so I will not kick myself too much if this today on the over doesn't go out and doesn't like is not a winner, you know. Because we have been bending so much overs yep. with Montreal, so that's yes. fine. So I, I'm an over six in this game. I agree with that completely. Like today, like if you haven't been betting Montreal every single game over the total the last two weeks, today maybe not the right time to just jump on all of a sudden because it is six and a half. I think eventually under under Marty San Luis tutelage, they're going to try to tighten it up a little bit defensively. But if you've been cashing like six, seven, eight straight times betting a Montreal Canadiens game over the total, don't stop now. You know, just keep going until you see it uh, fail to win for you. So I agree with Vito's uh, sentiment there uh, on that. Uh, All right, next up we go. The rest of the games are at night. uh, So we'll go to Winnipeg and Nashville. Uh, Next up, we've got Nashville minus 200 home favorites, six the total. I took a shot with Winnipeg as a dog at Dallas last night. Disappointing, frustrating. They had opportunities. Mark Shifley had like a breakaway in overtime and fires the thing clear over the net. Uh, Didn't even force Jake Ottinger to make a save. Uh, on that shot. Uh, very, very uh, disappointing loss for the uh, Jets in that one. Now they've got to uh, bounce back quickly, go on the road against a tough uh, Nashville team. that They've been one of the great surprises, guys, to me this year, Nashville. I didn't expect this from them totally. I thought they were one of those teams that were kind of on the downward uh, trajectory, you know, on the way down, not up. But they've had kind of a bounce-back season. And why is that? Because, you know, they've had some of their better players step like Duchesne and and Johansson have shown you uh, a little bit of a resurgent season so far uh, for Nashville. They've had some infusion of these younger guys that have stepped up, like uh, Ellie Tolvanen's been solid for them this year, among others. Of course, Philip Forsberg, when he's healthy, he helps this team. And they've still got the anchor on the blue line who, you know, we always say with Roman Yossi, how many more great years does he have left? And you could even say last year wasn't one of his better years. Man, is he turned it around this year. He's been magnificent for Nashville. Roman Yossi anchoring that blue line. So there's lots to like here with Nashville. Uh, As far as this game goes, it is a back-to-back situation here uh, in this uh, game uh, for the uh, Jets. It is a big number, though, to be laying here with uh, the Nashville Predators as well. So uh, keep that in mind. You are uh, in a spot here where you're having to uh, lay a very, very big number with uh, Nashville. I'm tempted to take Winnipeg again, to be quite honest with you, despite the back-to-back the one concern, of course, is, you know, you did see Connor Hellebuck last night. You're going to see most likely Eric Comrie tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Although 
I remember Comrie's last start before the break was against St. Louis. He was terrific. 28 saves. Jets won that game, got the upset in St. Louis, 4-1. to one. Played very well. So he's a capable young goalie who played is coming off one of his better outings. So still think he gives Winnipeg maybe a puncher's chance. Haven't bet it yet. May not, but uh, a lean at least to Winnipeg here, plus 170. More of a price play than anything because I think it's just a little bit too tall having Nashville out there minus 200 in that kind of range against a Winnipeg team that, let's be honest, they're, they've are they got their issues, but they're not a uh, an also-ran. They're not a bottom feeder, and they're kind of pricing this like they are. So, you know, I lean a little to Winnipeg here. I just think the number's a little bit rich here on Nashville. Uh, Vito, what do you think here, Jets and Predators? Okay, well, this is a third meeting between these two teams, actually, the division rivals, right? So the first meeting, Winnipeg went at home 6-4, to four, and then Nashville won at home 5-2. to two. Uh, actually on 21st January. So this will be the third game, yes. And then the last will be at Winnipeg for sure, obviously. So about a little bit about this game. Well, Winnipeg had a pretty long game last night, which they took to the overtime, you know, they got that one point. And I actually love to check for these spots a little bit when teams are of the back-to-back on the road, you know, I think that's a little bit hard. Well, watching who you play, obviously, everything is situational in hockey. But well, it, it took to the overtime. You're going to see Comrie today in the net. And actually, well, Comrie hasn't beat too bad for the Winnipeg as a backup, you know, because we have seen much worse backups and what we're going to talk about today later. And talking about the game, Saros obviously is a big thing why I would love to take Nashville today because I love to have a hot goalie behind the team, you know, so who I also can trust with my wager, like Vasilevsky at home, you know, he usually lets in two goals and he's not even getting a first, second or third star because it's just normal that Vasi makes like 31 for 32. But anyways, yeah, I like to Saros in this uh, game. And Nashville has been a very great bounce back team, you know, uh, particularly also this year. And if you watch also for Winnipeg, Winnipeg is on pretty tough schedule, I think. Uh, then they're going to play Nashville today. Then they, yeah, okay. Then they went to go home. They play Chicago, Wild, Seattle, Oilers. So not too much practice will be available for Winnipeg. So you might look how they actually perform. So you have some idea of them. But uh, yeah, my play, I take took this yesterday in Nashville in uh, regulation at plus, I guess it was plus 100. Now it has dropped. But yeah, I took regulation price with Nashville. So I, that's my bet. <laughs> All right, Nashville in regulation, minus 120 yeah. uh, for uh, Vito in this one. It's gone up a little bit. Uh, I, I don't fault you there in terms of getting the better price. If you like Nashville, definitely take in regulation. You'll get minus 120. It's better than the minus 200. I'm just looking at Winnipeg's numbers now on a back-to-back. They're not good. Nashville actually two days rest. They haven't played since uh, Wednesday night when they lost to Dallas 4-3. And they're actually off uh, two days rest. I think they're like eight and one, and they're three and zero off a loss on two days rest. So all of these trends back net support Nashville here uh, in this game. It's pretty hard to uh, deny that whatsoever uh, in that one. And uh, I lean over the total just because we've each of the last two meetings have gone over. It's a small lean because I do think Winnipeg's trying to tighten up a little bit. They did. I remember the last time the Eric Comrie was in net, they were much better in front of him, much better. And it's almost like they made a concerted effort. Let's help our young goalie out. Let's make sure we don't give up odd man rushes. Let's not make, let's make sure we don't give up uh, easy uh, pathways to the net. They did a good job of that against St. Louis. We'll see if they can do that for Eric Comrie here tonight as well. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts here? Winnipeg, Nashville. 
Yeah, I think when we're looking at this game, you guys made some some interesting points. So this is a, a really, really important part of the schedule for the Winnipeg Jets and their climb to try to make the playoffs here. A tough back-to-back in Dallas last night, like you said, Ian. Now, second half of a back-to-back in Nashville. This is, this is a rough road back-to-back. It really is. Two difficult places to go win and two teams that have been quite good at home this year. Dallas, who got the win last night, and now Nashville, who's been decent uh, uh, not as good as Dallas has been at home but pretty good at home for the most part this season the price is tempting with the Jets I see the plus 170 and the Jets are a team I think is better than the record shows they've just underperformed this year so I am tempted there but I, I think I'll probably end up staying away and I'll look to take an under here on this game uh you know Vito mentioned UC Saros I, th- I think he's still I think he's one of the better goaltenders one of the more consistent goaltenders in the National Hockey League the Jets can really struggle to score sometimes and I'm banking on Eric Comrie you mentioned him Ian with the numbers recently he's actually been quite good in a pretty small sample size you can argue he's actually been slightly better than Connor Hellebuck who's having a bit of a a disappointing season in net for the Winnipeg Jets so I like the under six I think there's some value there I could see this game very much landing on a 3-2 final score all right liking the under here for Jake uh, Hahn with uh, Winnipeg Nashville uh, under the uh, total uh, in this one. All right, next up, we've got uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Toronto minus 200, uh, road favorites, six the total here in this one. Obviously, a big price here to back the uh, Leafs. And you certainly get a, the Leafs in a plus spot. They're obviously frustrated with the loss against Calgary, a very good Calgary team. I mean, they're playing some great hockey at the moment. Uh, at both ends of the ice, I think Jacob Markstrom has been outstanding lately in net. Like every facet of Calgary's game is playing quite well at the moment. So I don't think you can give Bank, uh, Toronto too much uh, flack for losing that game. Uh, Calgary's playing really good hockey. So you'll get the Leafs looking to bounce back here uh, in this game tonight against the Canucks. But here's my issue. It's not a bargain to back the Leafs. They're laying minus 200. And it's a situation where they've had a nightmarish time in Vancouver in, in recent visits that they've made uh, out uh, to the Pacific West Coast there. So I've got my concerns here a little bit with laying a number like this against uh, uh, Vancouver, who, you know, they've certainly leveled off to a certain extent uh, after that red hot, what was it, eight straight wins under Bruce Boudreau at the beginning uh, when he took over as head coach. Uh, they're only three and six, you know, in their last nine games, Vancouver coming into this game. So they've really cooled off. And the three wins were Winnipeg, who are kind of struggling and banged up. They were riddled on defense at the time multiple starting defensemen out when the Canucks beat them. And the other two wins were Chicago and Arizona. You know, that's not saying a whole lot at the moment for the Vancouver Canucks. So yeah, it feels like Toronto should win bounce back. I lean with the Leafs in regulation here. Um, But I've seen this team play in Vancouver enough the last couple of years, including in the COVID season. And they've had their share of tough times uh, in Vancouver. Vancouver has actually won here uh, in terms of, uh, the, you know, two and 16, two and 14 rather for the Leafs in the last 16 trips to Vancouver. And they've lost four straight uh, here uh, in Vancouver uh, as well. So there's no doubt this is a situation where uh, the Leafs are the better team. They're in a good spot off a loss. I'd expect focus from this team to get the job done. But there's something about laying a number like this when they've had a boatload of struggles in this particular venue. Uh, over the years. And the one thing about Vancouver is they seem to hang around in games, keep things close. Thatcher Demko uh, probably will be in net. And it'll be Peter Morazic, by the way, uh, in net for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is there a goalie controversy developing? Because Jack Campbell's not necessarily been quite as good. 
the last month or so. Everyone's making a huge deal out of, you know, four, over four goals against average. He's given up five goals or more in a lot of his recent starts. Are we now at a point now where Peter Morazic might be getting a few more starts because of Jack Campbell maybe uh, slumping just a little bit compared to the way he was playing uh, early in the season? So it's a tough game. It would be a lean to Toronto in regulation, but I don't think I'm going to get involved in it. What I will get involved in, it's the obvious. It's Mitch Marner over two and a half shots on goal. We're riding this thing until it stops. I mean, this guy's a shooting machine right now. We've talked about this. They basically said to Mitch Marner, look, we get it. You got great vision on the ice. You're a great playmaker. You're past the puck incredibly well. You see the ice incredibly well. It's understandable why you want to find your teammates you know, on every shift. But you can shoot the puck too, my friend. You got a decent release. Shoot the puck a little bit more. Yeah, and they basically said, you know, look to shoot more often a couple of weeks ago. And since he's done that, oh, he's been shooting a lot more often. Uh, that is putting it mildly. He still has 10 goals, by the way, in the last nine games combined since this start shooting a lot more mentality started for Marner. And look at the shots on goal numbers. Six, five, seven, five, ten shots on goal uh, for Marner in five of the last six games. One game he stayed below three. I'm going to take my chance that tonight he will not stay below three. I like Marner over two and a half shots on goal, which you can get around minus 140. Reasonable price, at least on that. The juice has gone up a little bit on that. Starting to see a little adjustment, but I think still we get there with that over shots on goal prop. Uh, Jake, what do you think here, Leafs and Canucks? I'm totally with you on the Mitch Marner shot prop. That's something that I'll certainly be betting tonight as well. And I would have gone nowhere near a Mitch Marner shot prop about a month ago. So it's it's crazy that that's now become a bit of an auto bet. But you read off those numbers. I think he had seven shots on goal in the first period in their last game, which is just crazy for him. So I don't expect that kind of shot volume, but just give us three or four and we'll be happy with that over. I, I do think that this could be a sneaky spot to grab the Canucks on the money line. I don't I don't necessarily love it because I, I do respect Toronto. I do think they probably go in and win this game, but it's a bit of a steep price. And I think the Canucks can be similar to the Senators and how I talked about them earlier, kind of a pesky underdog against some good teams in the second half of the season. I think Bruce Boudreaux will have them ready to play these games. So I think I'm going to stay away from the side here. I'm going to look towards the over six uh, with Peter Morazic starting, like you mentioned, Ian. I don't necessarily trust him. He's been okay lately, but I still think that he can give up a few goals. And the Leafs just haven't been playing that tight defensive structure that they were playing when they were most successful this season. They've been getting away from it a little bit. They're still winning games because they have that high-powered offense and they could just outscore teams, but they're giving up a lot defensively. And the goaltenders aren't playing well. You mentioned Jack Campbell. Peter Mrazek's been iffy. So I think the Canucks can score a couple here, and I trust the Leafs to go out there and, and score their three, four, maybe even five goals and win this game. So I I like the over six here, guys. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's trended over the total. Six straight games now uh, for the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs uh, over the total. Uh, and going for farther back, even earlier in January and late December, remember early in the year, they were an under machine, this team. Yes. They weren't yeah. scoring at the clip they are now. They were really playing great team defense, and they were perfectly content with winning games 2-1-3-1-4-1, and Jack Campbell was on fire early in the season. And now it's like the polar opposite. Jack Campbell's kind of struggling and fighting it a little bit. The defense has come unglued. They've also had Muzzin and Hall uh, out for periods of time lately, and those are two of their better shutdown, tighten-it-up defenders on the blue line. They've missed them. No question. They've had some injuries back there. And, of course, now Matthews and Marner's now all of a sudden found his uh, shooting 
uh, uh, stroke and found his offense, found his goal scoring ability. So the offense has been on fire. So you put all those things together. They've gone from a massive under team to a massive over team uh, in the last few weeks. So I'm with Jake there. If I were to play the total here, I'd only look over the six here in this one. Uh, Vito, what do you like here? Toronto, Vancouver. Yeah, I'm talking about this game. Uh, stepping into a little bit of goalie discussion. So actually about goalies, yeah, I understand why this is Marzik. Marzik, of course, because, well, Campbell maybe didn't have the best game, but I think it's very important to how in this time, when it's COVID times, you know, we have case, cases where goalies are missing, you know, it's very important to have two great goalies in each team to play them so they are in the in the game, you know. Uh, so I understand why it's Marzik, because, yes, he also needs to get playing time. And talking about toronto i think you need to catch this toronto team when they are hold or uh, hold uh, hot or cold you know and at this moment i think the toronto team is pretty cold to be honest you know they're letting in as, as a as a as you guys uh, the previous guy said uh letting a lot, lot of goals. yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of def- uh, like some slavy defense letting a lot of goals you cannot blame it all on, on the goalie you, you know it's just some slavy defense so Definitely in this spot, I think. And actually, yeah, what I saw from Vancouver, what I saw from Bruce Boudreaux, he said, well, he's not afraid from Toronto, you know. He's like, Toronto is not the toughest team you can play against, you know. There's much tougher opponents in the league. So, yeah, he's not afraid. I think they also can come out and uh, show some, uh, uh, make an upset today at home against this cold Toronto team. There is some uh, new lineups. I mean, Horvat, Miller, Bezer together. Uh, and then it's a next line, Hoglander. Uh, Podolskin and Pedersen in middle so they have running some new lines so let's see how it goes today it's going to be an interesting game I don't have any wagers on this game because it's any team can win in this game it can go over it can go under and so I will stay away but I'm leaning Vancouver if anyone wants to know my opinion there you go lean to Vancouver but not getting involved Vito in this game I have games like that all the time like every day there's NHL games you're gonna have games where yeah, I, I like I, it could go over, it could go under. I could make a case for either side. Those are usually the games you want to stay away from. And yeah, just pass exactly when you uh, have that kind of thought about it. No question. Um, you know, going to be interesting to see, you know, this uh, Leafs team, you know, they've gone, like we say, they've they've scored a lot of goals lately, but they've it's come at the expense a little bit of weaker defense, weaker goaltending uh, the last uh, few games. We'll see if they can uh, get that uh, turned around. Uh, next up, we're going to have one of the uh, better games of the day, certainly one of the games of the night, Carolina Hurricanes and minnesota wild uh, we've got the wild now actually slight home favorites uh, carolina was about a slight road favorite initially now the money's come in on minnesota a little bit minus 110 minus 115 uh, right now with minnesota uh, as home favorites uh, the total in this one six pretty much across the board uh, in this game um, carolina bouncing back they lost two games out of the all-star break to toronto and ottawa although the toronto game was an overtime loss it really could have gone uh, either way uh, in that game, uh, but they bounced back strong with a big blowout win against the depleted uh, Boston Bruins uh, the other night, six to nothing uh, beat down. It was for Carolina uh, in that game. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep it rolling here uh, tonight against Minnesota. When you look at it from a, a situational perspective, Minnesota, what happened to their offense against Winnipeg? It was kind of jarring to see, uh, them get shut out in that game by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, it was kind of an ugly game. It was actually a very physical game. Uh, there were a lot of hits. I think that game must have set a record for number of hits in a regular season game this year. That Winnipeg-Minnesota game was a man's game uh, right there. That wasn't for the faint of heart. Multiple fights. Hell, you had Marcus Felino and Adam Lowry fighting each other twice uh, in the same game there. It was a great game. I missed that. Old school hockey. A little 
intensity, a little petulance, a little anger. Uh, it was great to see that. And I wish we would see that more often. So Minnesota's looking to bounce back. They're at home. They've obviously been terrific uh, on home ice this year. You know, Minnesota's, what, 14-4 and four on home ice this year. They average almost five goals per game uh, at home. I, I don't know what I want to do in terms of the side here, in terms of the money line, but I'm pretty confident Minnesota's got a pretty good chance to get some offense back on track. They've just had no problem whatsoever scoring here at XL Energy Center uh, all season long. Yeah, Freddie Anderson it will probably be a net for Carolina. He's been good lately. He's been good all season, uh, to be quite honest. But I think Minnesota back home off a shutout loss, good offensive teams off a shutout loss, they're you, especially when they're back home on a strong home ice like Minnesota. They're usually in good bet on situations. There's a lot that still I think you can expect better from for Minnesota here. I'd certainly thought it was a very quiet game from Kirill Kaprizov against Winnipeg, and you don't get that very often. Uh, I think you see a lot of their a better forward step up a little bit here. Right now, the way I'm leaning is a Minnesota team total potentially uh, over three and a half at a nice plus price. That way I can not worry about what Carolina does. I can focus on maybe Minnesota just getting it done offensively. And certainly the full game over does appeal to me as well. I know Carolina and Minnesota, for that matter, are both capable of being good defensive teams. But I'm not going to argue with Minnesota's home record in terms of overs. I've talked about this all season long, uh, Jake and Vito here on the uh, Ice Guys show. The Minnesota overs on home ice, it's just insane uh, what they've done on home ice in terms of going over the total. 15-3 and three to the over in their home games this year, the Minnesota Wild. Carolina's trended over the total uh, as of late. And look at the series history, recent series history with the Hurricanes against the Wild. Their games have gone over the total in seven straight head-to-head games. 5-3, 5-4, 6-2, 5-4, 5-1, 4-3, and 6-2 were the final scores in those seven most recent head-to-head games with Carolina and Minnesota. I'm not going to argue with that. I like over the total here of six tonight, Hurricanes and Wild. Uh, Vito, uh, what do you like here? One of the games of the night, Carolina, Minnesota. Uh, well, if you're looking at the rest factor, I mean, Minnesota is in much better spot here. I mean, find Hurricanes on their fourth game in this week and a fourth game on the road. And also they have played Toronto and still Boston. Well, Boston may be 6-0. Maybe they come in a little bit good. Field. Well, the game will be even today i think you know so i don't play these games i don't place any bets i think it can go under i think it could go over these two elite teams but it's just a little bit better spot for minnesota here and i will just enjoy this game i think and really see how it ends don't have strong opinions i like both teams to be honest and i don't like to play them any wagers if i like both teams you know so i'm staying away from these games yeah, it does have kind of that feel. Like, even though I think it's a good spot, good situation for Minnesota, shutout loss at Winnipeg, lots of rest, and now looking to bounce back here again. And Carolina, look at look at the schedule. This is schedule analysis 101. For Carolina, this is going to be their fourth game uh, in one, two, three, four, five, six, fourth and six for Minnesota. This is only their second game uh, uh, since the All-Star break, and they haven't played since February 8th and they've had practice time, they've had a lot of rest, you definitely have to factor that in. In terms of situationals, it's definitely advantage wild uh, going into this game. Jake, what do you like here, Hurricanes Wild? 
Well, these are two teams I love to bet on, so it's difficult to fade either of these teams, and both of these teams have actually been great to me this year, Minnesota and Carolina, so it's it's a it's a fun game. I, this is what I would call the main screen game. If you're sitting down and you're watching a few games, maybe you got multiple screens going, this is the one for me that will end up on the main screen tonight. Two quality teams that I think are legit cup contenders. I, I deem Carolina for sure a top five team, and I think if Minnesota's not in the top five, they're really close. They're like six or seven, so these are two teams that I think could really compete could go on a run this year. I'm excited for this game. I like Minnesota on home ice for some of the reasons that you mentioned uh, here, Ian, the schedule. I, I think that it favors Minnesota a little bit better. I like them on home ice. They've been really good at home. And I love what you said about the home overs. That's something I've been playing a lot this year with Minnesota. I noticed it early in the season and I, I thought, okay, they're playing a bit of a different style on the road. They seem to open it up at home and just play free wheel hockey. And it's leading to a lot of overs. And early in the year, we were getting five and a half with consistency on the Minnesota wild home overs. Now the market has adjusted. We are seeing mostly sixes, sometimes even six and a halfs on these Minnesota wild home overs. So a little bit more difficult. I still think that they can get there. Uh, Carolina is a team that plays better defense than most. So I, I could see this game landing on, on a three, two, but we've made so much money on the Minnesota wild home overs. It kind of goes back to what you said about taking the Montreal overs, right? Just kind of keep playing. It doesn't owe you any money. So I think I'll probably sprinkle on the over and I will have some money on the Minnesota wild. I think it's a pretty good price for them on home ice, but always hate to bet against the Canes guys. This is a really, really good team that, that Rod Brennamore has prepared every single night. Yeah, absolutely. And Terry Edelman is in our YouTube chat. He's in every day. He's one of our loyal ice guys, viewers and listeners. He's a huge Minnesota wild fan. And he's like going in the chat. Yes, Jake, when he said uh, lean Minnesota. So he's very happy. And Jake Hahn's got a new fan in uh, uh, Terry Edelman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, given the uh, stamp of approval to the, to the Minnesota Wild tonight uh, in this game against uh, Carolina, no question. Uh, should be a good one, though. Uh, like I say, I, I like the. I might probably dabble in the Wild team total. I think I like now the full game over more because I, I, I think Carolina is just too good. And they just got Tavo Teravainen, of course, back uh, the last game as well against uh, Boston. So, and Aho, and they've got everybody, all hands are on deck now. You know, they had times when Svechnikov missed some time. Aho would miss a couple games. Trocek was banged up for a bit. Teravainen was out. They got everybody there now. And then you factor in Nino Niederreiter is still dangerous. And Seth Jarvis has, you know, stepped up in the past and he's had still some chances lately. I think Seth Jarvis shots on goal, if you can find it, because he still seems to get chances. It hasn't been going in for him, but he's certainly been generating chances. And of course, as well, uh, Marty Natchez uh, for the Carolina hurricanes. I think that's one of the more underrated forwards in the league, especially on this Carolina team. Uh, so very, very good hockey game tonight. I'm looking forward to it with the Canes in the wild. All right. We've have two games left on this Saturday card. Next up, we've got Chicago and St. Louis, the blues 190 uh, home favorites in this game, five and a half, the total uh, across the board in this one. Uh, certainly you would think St. Louis plays better. That looked like your classic clunker out of the all-star break when you haven't played in two weeks. That's what it looked like for the St. Louis blues against New Jersey. Uh, earlier this week that and Jordan Bennington sucks right now that's another big problem right now for the St. Louis Blues he is he's in a dilemma right now Craig Berube I know he I know he wants Jordan Bennington to be his guy because Jordan Bennington is Craig Berube's guy Jordan Bennington played a large part in Craig Berube keeping the coaching job and going to the winning that Stanley Cup that year they don't win that Stanley Cup unless Bennington plays well and I think Berube wants to be loyal to him, give him every opportunity to shake out of this slump that he's in, 
but he's just not shaking out of it. You know, it was just another rough performance. You could count at least two of those goals uh, by uh, the New Jersey Devils the other night. He probably should have made the save on them, you know, and he's just uh, fighting his confidence a little bit uh, right now in between the pipes, Jordan Binnington. So if I'm Craig Berube, I say to hell with allegiances. You know, I know we've been through a lot together with Binnington. You know, he won me a cup a couple years ago, but I think now it is time uh, to maybe go with Billy Huso, uh, start in and start out. Uh, moving forward because he has been clearly the better netminder uh, for the better part of the last month here for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the uh, decision is here for uh, Barube tonight. And he already has confirmed Billy Huso. So there you go. Not surprised. I mean, he gave him his shot and that's what you did. That's how you performed five goals, five non-empty net goals uh, against the New Jersey Devils the other night. Not good enough. Uh, from Jordan Bennington, clearly. So Huso and Flurry, and I'll say this about Marc-Andre Flurry. He's obviously, his head's probably spinning from everything he's gone through the last year. Uh, he's at Vegas, a winning team. They treat him like dog shit on the way out. They don't even let him know he got traded to Chicago. They don't even let him know. They don't even approach him with it. They just say, oh, you're traded to Chicago. And they don't even pick up the damn phone and say, hey, we traded you to Chicago. That stung. You're going to a team that's got a lot of issues on the ice, off the ice with the beach situation. Rocky Wirtz losing his mind in a town hall meeting. I mean, you go on and on and on with Chicago. It's a shit ton of issues. They've not performed up to the level. When they were piecing this team together, and you started to see what they were doing. Oh, Seth Jones. Oh, Tyler Johnson. Championship pedigree from Tampa Bay. Oh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's still a terrific goaltender when he's on his game. And it's just not come together for the Chicago Blackhawks. And yet this guy, in spite of all this going on, underachieving team off on the ice, issues off the ice, maybe not necessarily loving being here initially, he played Edmonton the other night, and he was amazing against the Oilers. He was phenomenal in that game, Marc-Andre Fleury, and he can still do that every now and then uh, in between the pipes. So, And that's what they're going to need because Chicago's offense is – inconsistent you can't trust them and he's certainly got to bail out a blue line and a defense that'll give up high danger looks high quality chances night in and night out so flurry's got to be on his game i don't know to me with Huso and net it feels like a blue spot uh, i certainly would look consider blues in regulation i lean that way i'll probably end up betting it uh, i respect chicago beating edmonton but edmonton was at the tail end of the dave Tippett era he got fired right after that loss to chicago I think for St. Louis, after losing in New Jersey, they still have a very good record on home ice this year. They probably do find a way here. St. Louis and regulation would be the way I would probably bet this one. Uh, Jake, what do you think here? Blackhawks, Blues. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I would even go to the puck line here for St. Louis. I, I really like this spot for the Blues. And I, I like teams that, with the quality of St. Louis. I think we can agree St. Louis is a pretty quality team here this year. And you know, a couple nights ago, they get embarrassed. You give up seven goals on home ice to New Jer- to a New Jersey Devils team that has been really struggling lately. That's an embarrassing loss. So I think that they're going to bounce back here. I like to play teams um, off of bad losses like that where they give up a ton of goals. I think they're going to tighten things up a little bit. I like the fact that it's going to be Huso and not Bennington. He's just playing much better right now. There's no way around it. So I like St. Louis. I think they can win this by a couple goals. You can get plus money on that. I'm always careful with the Blues in terms of the shot prop department because 
nobody likes to mix and match their lines more than Craig Berube. Like he puts these things in a blender and there's guys playing on the first line, then they're playing on the third line. They're always getting mixed around. So I think it's really tough to, to, to narrow down some guys on the shot props, but you can wait till 30 minutes before the game. See if you could find some line combos. If you see somebody you like up on that top line, that's how I've been playing the, the blue shot props this year. So it's, it's kind of a wait and see approach on what the lineup is going to look like, but I do like the blues to roll in this game guys. This to me, Jake, I'll ask you right now, is this the best blues offensive team you've seen in years? To me, it is. And this is a better offensive team to me than when they won the Stanley cup because Jordan Kyrou's emerged. You've still got O'Reilly, auto parts, Ryan O'Reilly. You've still got him. You got Braden Shen. You've got Vladimir Tarasenko. You've got David Perron. You've got Robert Thomas. Who's capable. Buchnevich comes in from the Rangers. You've got a guy like Clem Costin right now, too, uh, on the fourth line. And this guy started to percolate uh, offensively lately. Costin for the uh, Blues down on that fourth line. To me, this is one of the best offensive teams uh, Jake St. Louis has had in years. It's the deepest team. It's a deeper team than they had a, a few years ago when they won the Stanley Cup. And I think a lot of us, and I was guilty of this going into this year when we were making preseason projections, sort of forgot about St. Louis in, ter- you know, in the the, uh, the echelon of what the Central Division is. I don't think a lot of people were really feeling the Blues going into this year. And we're only a few years removed from them winning the Cup. It's basically the same roster. And now you can argue that they've actually made some nice moves, like bringing in Buchnevich, the emergence of Cairo, like you mentioned as well. They don't even have room for all these guys. They have to play Barbashev, who is one of the hottest players in the NHL, on the third line. And they're having a tough time you know, getting him his power play time and getting him his touches. So it's a really deep team. It's a team, I think, that's capable on going uh, on yet another run. And that central side of the bracket, guys, is just going to be wild in the playoffs. You're going to have Colorado doing what they're doing. Minnesota, I think, is a top five team in the league. You can argue St. Louis is right behind them. Nashville has been a big surprise this year. And I don't think we've seen the best of Dallas or even Winnipeg for that matter. So I'm really excited to see how that all shakes out. But I I do agree with you. I think this St. Louis team is even deeper than they were a few seasons ago. You're absolutely right. That's a great point you made about close Barbashev, Ivan Barbashev. Uh, two points now in three straight games. I got that from Cam Stewart, by the way. He does these sing-along things to people's names. So I, uh, that's that, that's basically where I got it from. But yeah, Barbashev's been outstanding. Two points for him in three straight games. So he's had three straight two-point games. And there's a guy that you know kind of slides under the radar for the Blues. So it speaks to the incredible forward depth they have now compared to maybe past seasons. Uh, Vito, uh, I actually saw on Twitter your post. I think you're involved in this game, aren't you? Chicago and St. Louis. Yeah, I like these spots, you know, uh, bounce back spots with St. Louis. We we have seen like even against the Calgary that game, which St. Louis won five to one, and when they lost in Calgary, they come home in five to one. They even lost the expected goals there, but they somehow got that win, you know. So they find a way to bounce back, and that's the most important thing which you want to see, you know, the puck luck with the team which tries. And if we talk about uh, this, is a third meeting actually between these teams, their division rivals, and uh, very very last meeting. Chicago was home. They win three to two in overtime. Uh, but the first meeting, St. Louis was at home, and it was a one nothing game. St. Louis won, and they actually outshot Chicago thirty seven to twenty five. So we can see there that uh, St. Louis is a better team. So if they will be uh, ready for this, which I think they will be, they should be better than Chicago in uh, this game. And uh, what I find with the Chicago here, they gonna they played Oilers the last game. I find that teams actually. After playing Oilers, they come somehow flat the next game, you know, even if it's not a back-to-back as Oilers. I mean, they have some great offense, but I think the defense is not so great. So teams coming in, like playing now against St. Louis, we are, we're going to see a better defense. They cannot generate too much 
And uh, talking about Flurry, Flurry, I think, you know, against the Oilers, he was great because all about these trade rumors going on and him being traded to Oilers. I think he got a little bit momentum in that game to just play better a little bit. And well, that I actually expect from Flurry in the, in the next few games, you know, when we move closer to the playoff playoffs, uh, I think Flurry will step up with his game because every team is looking at him. I mean, how many trade rumors we hear about from all the teams? Yeah, and then this spot, uh, I love to see Villa Husso in St. Louis. Of course, you guys mentioned already all the facts, so I don't need to talk too much about that. And basically, basically that's it. I uh, took two blues last night in uh, regulation at minus 115, I guess. There you go. Blues in regulation, minus 115. I misspoke. That was not the last three games. Barbashev had those consecutive two-point games. That was way back in December. I had, for some reason, that scrolled down uh, too far on the uh, game log for Barbashev. That was in December. He had those consecutive. No, he hasn't had – actually, he hasn't had a point in the last seven games. But he's still capable. He still had shots on goal lately uh, for the Blues and still uh, speaks to just how many – different forwards you've got to worry about now when it comes to that team all right final game of this saturday card now uh, it is the new york islanders and the red hot they're hot as a flame right now uh, the calgary flames uh, minus 200 home favorites here against the islanders five and a half the total in this game uh, this is a pretty uh slam dunk you know just not slam dunk maybe it loses but it's slam dunk it's, it's not going to be a slam dunk that hey for sure it's a lock it's a win i don't believe in locks but this was a slam dunk decision for me to bet this game in my opinion and that's calgary and regulation here uh in this game I, you know i'm not a big islanders guy i haven't been a big islanders fan for a while and i know there's people making excuses oh but we had a one month road trip at the beginning of the season oh but we had covid19 after that oh this oh that the excuses are out the window now. You got everybody back. You know, you've got a more manageable, friendly schedule. Win some hockey games, please. And they're not just doing that uh, enough. You lose it to Seattle at home. I remember that game. That was lifeless. That was lethargic shit from the New York Islanders uh, in that game against Seattle right before the break. Couldn't believe how bad they were in that game for a team that needs every point they can get. You can't be sloughing off games against the Seattle Kraken at home and, you know, expect to make this playoff push that they keep talking about. You know, they did beat Vancouver, but like I said, that was a fool's gold victory. Many of those goals early in the game against Halak and the Canucks were deflection goals, bad bounces, good puck luck uh, for the Islanders. Then they uh, met up Edmonton last night in Jay Woodcroft's debut uh, behind the bench for the Oilers. And uh, look, they actually peppered Smith. I'll give them credit. They probably deserved a better fate in the first period. Mike Smith was good. Islanders were really taking it to the Oilers, but the Oilers were the better team for the last two periods after that. Oh, and typical Islanders, chances, chances, and shots can't score, can't find the back of the net, which continues to be their issue more often than not. Oilers get the win last night. And again, I'm going to go back to that same mantra, you guys. I don't necessarily trust Islanders to beat good or above average teams. They've had that issue all year. You look at every loss for the most part. Okay, Vancouver win was a decent win, but Calgary's better than Vancouver. You look at the most of the wins that they've gotten uh, over the last calendar month. Sisters of the poor. I've said that over and over again. That's who they've beaten, uh, the New York Islanders. Uh, they've beaten the Senators. They've beaten the Flyers a bunch of times. They've beaten Arizona. I mean, that's what we're looking at for victories here in the last month for this Islanders team. Uh, they're walking into a buzzsaw here, Calgary playing the way they are at the moment. Uh, terrific job for them. Uh, 5-2 win against Toronto, 6 nothing beat down over Vegas. Yeah, it may be flat spot because you're playing out of the conference and you're playing the Islanders. And uh, But when you look at it, their next home game 
or their next game is at home on uh, Tuesday against Columbus. So there's no look ahead spot. You're looking ahead to Columbus. No, that's not happening. So I think Calgary is focused tonight. They're playing too well. Johnny Gaudreau looks like a new person right now. Where was this Johnny hockey last year? I have no idea. You got Lindholm playing well. Noah Hannafin is finding some offense from the back end again. I knew we always had that in him. We didn't know it for a long time, but he's starting to really step in, join the rush, contribute offense from the blue line as well. Jacob Markstrom's been terrific in net. They've got it all going right now, both ends of the ice. Ever since Sutter bag skated them uh, a week or two ago, it's been a different Calgary Flames team. I, I would look at the Flames in regulation here tonight in this one. Uh, Vito, what do you think here, Islanders and Flames? Yeah, well, about, this, well, about Islanders a little bit, as you told me, and well, every, every game they play, you know, they, they make uh, every goalie look like, I don't know, Wasilevsky or Shistork in every game. Like every game they play, you know, they cannot score. The goalie is making some saves. So, yeah, that's the one issue. And uh, I have been bad in back-to-back, to be honest, this year. If you look at the record, and uh, you cannot really always say that Varlamo is bad, but actually Varlamo is the guy who is getting all these starts and back-to-back games and so on. So maybe the team is not at their sh- sharpest. So you cannot really say you know, just Varlamo is bad. But anyways, all team has been bad on back-to-back games uh, with Islanders. And uh, well, talking about Calgary here, actually, this for me is more like a straight bet. I've been riding Calgary already three games, starting from Arizona Puck Line, and they won 4 2 before the break. Then I played Calgary in uh, regulation against Vegas, and I took Calgary on money line against Toronto. So I already have guessed to get two hard bets with Calgary, and I don't, don't see myself not going any reason why I shouldn't continue this straight streak with Calgary. You know, I like the, how the team is playing. I love to see hot goalie Markstrom. They're allowing 1.4 uh, goals in last five games. So 1.4 goals, that's very nice. Uh, scoring four goals. So that's also very nice. Out shooting the opening, opening every single game. Very dynamic team. We saw that one goal from them, them where they won the face off and two defensemen connected on the goal. I haven't seen a goal like that. I mean, they won the, the face off in the offensive zone to Tachuk. Tachuk left the puck to the defense, Anderson. He went around and he passed cross, cross crease pass to another defenseman with, which connected to the offense. So that was a crazy, great goal by Calgary. He, they can find a way to score. I mean, this team is going, their legs are going at the moment. So I think at the moment, this is the hottest team to bet on. I'm not telling they are hot, uh, well winning the Stanley Cup. I think they still, well, this just at the moment, they are the hottest team. And I don't see why I should go against the hot team. I'm going with Calgary in the regulation. I bet it last night. With, I, I think I got it at plus 102 with my bet, something like that. All right, good stuff. Like in Calgary and regulation as well as Vito in this one. DraftKings, now they, this is power play points, not points. But at DraftKings, you can get a plus 600 for Oliver Shillington, the defenseman for the Calgary Flames, to, score, to, to get a power play point. Got one the other night, you know, and, you know, he's been he scored, he's had a point in four straight games. He's another defenseman that's had a little bit more offensive thrust in him you know he's gotten involved in the play he's joined the rush he's gotten involved a little bit up the ice for the calgary flames so i'm, I'm just looking at that and seeing someone that's had a point in four straight games and on the power play uh, he, he does play on that for the flames and plus 660 is out there for him to get a point that's a pretty tantalizing price with the way we've seen him you know get points in consecutive games for calgary from the blue line uh going into this one tonight uh, jake what do you think here islanders flames 
This is a game that I, I think there's a lot of value on different angles. I actually, I like your Shillington uh, prop there too. I think that that has a lot of value and you guys both seem to like the flames here. I think I would stack on with you and think that the flames can, can win this game as well. And they have this different gear that we've seen them go into a few times this year where they can just globetrot teams and they'll get up by four five, six goals. And they, they keep playing with the puck. Like you see score effects usually take place and the other team will get some shots when, when uh, you know, the team's leading by a lot but the flames will just keep coming at you and they can beat you by five or six goals. So um, I do, I don't mind them to win by a couple goals in this game. And I actually don't mind to look at the over five and a half. You can get plus money for it. I think that there's this narrative that the Islanders lock things down and they play this boring style and they do offensively. There's not a lot going on there, but if you look at their defensive numbers this year, they've been very average to below average on the season. And the flames actually generate the second most shots on goal in the NHL, about 36 shots on goal per game so the flames will shoot a lot the islanders will concede a lot i I don't mind the over five and a half for plus money and i like dipping into the flame shot props right now i think there's a bunch of guys that you could play here the second line has been buzzing for shot props guys like michael backland who you can get at plus money uh andrew mangiapane who you can get at plus money for over two and a half as well blake coleman usually have to lay a little juice for him on that line but i don't mind him either even elias lindholm usually have to lie a little juice uh for the two and a half for him and Johnny Gaudreau has been really solid at shooting the puck. He's a three and a half shot prop guy, but I don't mind any of those plays because I actually think Calgary will probably end up in the 30 to 35 range uh, for shots in this game. So I think you could probably cash in on a few of these players. Definitely shots on goal. Uh, one of those games, especially from a Calgary standpoint, uh, makes sense. And a tired team too. the Islanders back to back. And you're going to see Semyon Varlamov most likely in net uh, and that's another thing, too. They're searching for answers from their goal. Sorokin's been a little bit better lately, but there's no doubt Barlamov has been kind of uh, up and down lately as well for the Islanders. And the defense, uh, we've reveled for years. This rock-solid, well-structured, airtight defense and blue line for years for the Islanders. You're right. They've just not necessarily had that uh, same kind of blue line here uh, tonight, or this season, I should say, uh, in this one. It's funny because the Islanders, we think of them as – a very good defensive team. They've not been. Calgary has scored four goals or more in four straight games uh, going into tonight. And yet you see the Flames team total uh, over three and a half. And it's like a very nice plus price there. So I'm kind of tempted by that as well. The team total over three and a half. You can get like plus 120, plus 130 on that uh, at a lot of books. But yeah, a lot of good shots on goal prop opportunities for the uh, Flames. No question uh, about that. You know what's funny is they haven't even had amazing offensive contributions the last few games from the likes of Matthew Kachuk or uh, you know Monaghan even at times. A lot of it's been Lindholm, Gaudreau, Coleman. Mangiapane's been un- unbelievable. And look, look out, starting to score at home at the Saddle Dome. Most of his goals were on the road this year uh, up until just recently. And now he started to find the back of the net on home ice. So if that starts happening with more regularity, so that could make Calgary even more dangerous. It's certainly been a breakthrough season for Andrew Mangiapane. Uh, No one expected this kind of output from him offensively going into the season. Uh, The great stuff. That is the Saturday card. Uh, Every game, uh, analyzed. Nobody does it like uh, the ice guys every day, seven days a week, every single NHL game. Uh, we'll get to best bets to wrap up the show uh, in just a second. Before we uh, do that and say goodbye, we want to mention, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, official sports betting partner uh, of 
the Super Bowl 56 and great sponsors of the Hockey Podcast Network and the Ice Guys. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 dollars in free bets if your team wins DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't in your state yet play DraftKings daily fantasy football contest for Super Bowl 56 new customers can get a free shot at a one million dollar top prize with their first deposit download the DraftKings Sportsbook app use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 years of age or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and states. Uh, specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER download the DraftKings app sign up for an account use the promo code THPN all right uh, before we get to best bets Jake let us know how they can hear your shows you hear your content and uh, let and find you on Twitter at jhan4 uh, let let people know where they can find you. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And this was a blast talking to you and Vito today, going through the cards. So hopefully, you can come back on again soon. You can check me out uh, Monday to Friday on SiriusXM. I do a show one to three called The Point with Boomer Gordon. We just go over the games from the night before, tee up the games coming up that night. We usually give some picks at the end of the show as well. Have some fun guests on, play some fun games. So you can check me out there. And every, and weekly uh, Thursdays on Mayo Media Network, doing uh, daily fantasy picks and bets so i'll go through the thursday card every single week break down every single game give you a lean give you bets i really like shop props DraftKings plays things like that so uh, ch- check me out there every thursday as well there you go good stuff it's funny we'll have another one of your compadres from that uh, mayo media video collection uh, dj mitchell scheduled to join us next saturday uh, on the show as well so uh, looking for and he was on the betcast with us uh, last week uh, on uh, Tuesday night big savers fan we always got to give him grief for that but hey yes. there, it's an easy <laughs> target uh, when you uh, talk to someone who's cheering for the Buffalo Sabres that's for sure so great stuff uh, and by the way we're doing betcasts Jake every Tuesday night starting at 7 p.m. Eastern for the rest of the season. So anytime there's a Tuesday night you want to join us live on the BetCast, feel free uh, to do so. It's a lot of fun. We throw back some beers, whatever drinks we want. We watch the games. We do live betting, a lot of stuff uh, on the BetCast. Looking forward to that. So you feel free to join us for those whenever you want to. Uh, Vito, uh, Vito's here. I mean, Vito, you can catch him here on the Ice Guys uh, for the most part. Uh, at Vito Picks, of course, uh, on Twitter uh, is where you can find him. Uh, as well so a great show let's wrap it up with uh, uh in style with best bets uh jake we'll start with you since you're our special guest today what do you like for best bet for the games remaining yeah i got a few plays here that i really like we wrap things up with that calgary islanders game i am going to play that over five and a half i don't mind what you said there too ian about the calgary team total just to take the islanders out of the equation so maybe uh, you know i don't have a five nothing flames win and that cost me the over so I'll, I'll be dipping into that market i like minnesota on the money line i like toronto vancouver over six and the nashville winnipeg under six uh, as well as a few shot props sprinkled in there as well you're muted in if you had to make one a best bet, Jake, what would it be? 
I think I'm looking to that Flames game because I, there's so many guys that I like there. It's it's almost hard to narrow it down, and you sometimes you got to get lucky with which guy you pick. But I'm going to continue to ride Michael Backlund. You're getting plus money at over two and a half, so I am going to make him a play for sure. And I might find another Flame to pair with him as well. But Michael Backlund probably my favorite shot prop tonight. There you go. Michael Backlund, over two and a half shots on goal. Calgary Flames, best bet for Jay Connor, special guest here on the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Vito, uh, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, first of all, thanks for all the great comments, all the viewers. Thank you. And uh, no, I don't do Super Bowl predictions. I don't understand the NFL so much. We don't play here in Europe NFL. But I have been watching, I know, Rams and Bengals play in final. Rams are favorites, I guess. Uh, anyway, right. so that's good. Uh, you know something. There you go. You knew the I betting know, line. I, I know. Bengals. Don't sell yourself short, man. I shouldn't go usually over seven and a half spread and so on. I know some things. There you go. Okay. Anyways, I think well, as you pick uh, out Calgary, definitely. Well, I will not make it as my best bet because as my best bet, but I think uh, I would love. I think that St. Louis should actually win in this regulation. The Blackhawks. Because uh, we have seen these teams come out from the All-Star break, dropping first game, it's totally okay, and then they come up for the next game. The game, Even Tampa, okay, they played Avalanche, but they still dropped that game. It's a game. It's still a game, you know. And uh, Wild, uh, maybe same story, you know. They will be better today. I'm not sure if they're beating Carolina, but my best is uh, St. Louis in uh, regulation. All right, there we go. St. Louis Blues in regulation. Uh, best bet for Vito here on this uh, Saturday card. And you can get that right now. St. Louis in regulation, minus 135 uh, in that one in most books against uh, Chicago. Uh, my best bet, I'm going to go with the, um, I'm going to go Carolina, Minnesota over six. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What is it? Seven straight overs head to head with these two teams. Uh, I trust their offenses. I trust Minnesota's 15 and three. That's right. 15 and three mark. Uh, over the total uh, in their home games this year. That's excluding pushes. That's 15-3 to the over at home. So we're going to rock with that. And I like betting good teams, good offensive teams, off a shutout loss to really bounce back strong offensively. I think Minnesota will do that. And I think Carolina will chip in with some goals too. Carolina-Minnesota over six uh, for my best bet for this Saturday card. Uh, Super Bowl predictions, you know what? Obviously, Vito said he's uh, uh, doesn't follow NFL as much. But, Jake, you do and I do. So the, the fans and the viewers that are in our chat, they want a Super Bowl prediction. So, Jake, have at it. Super Bowl prediction, Rams-Bengals. I'm going with big game Joe here, Ian. Uh, big game Joe Burrow played some big games in college. He's obviously played some big games on this road to the, the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the plus four, I, I think it should be a close game. I feel like the Rams could get out to a good start. I could see, and the, you know, the Rams have been a team that's played well in the first half of games since he's been a bit of a slower starting team. So I could see it being the type of game where you could maybe jump in live on the Bengals. You could wait for maybe the Rams to get up by seven, 10 points, and you could get a much better line than you than you would before the game. But I'm still going to play the plus four, seen it at plus four and a half. I've also seen it move down to three and a half in some places as well, but it's really been hovering around that number of four. So I'm going to go with big game Joe here, Ian. Uh, what, what are you feeling for the game? Any any good props, any, any locks for us? Uh, just a few, as in a few dozen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Other than that, I don't have much on this game. No, not at all. I, I, I'm with you. I like Cincinnati plus the four and a half. Although I will say this, um, I do think the Rams will have the lead at halftime. And I'm going to add on more Cincinnati. In fact, m- much more Cincinnati at halftime uh, if they're trailing. They have held teams to 10 points or less. Ten, no, 10 points combined 
in the last eight games in the, in the third quarter to their opponents. Their adjustments defensively out of halftime have been terrific. We saw it against Kansas City. They did three-man pass rush, drop eight into coverage. It completely befuddled Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They didn't know what to do and how to react to it, and it changed the game completely. When you've given up just 10 combined points in eight games in the third quarter, you're making good adjustments out of halftime. So my theory is if you, if the Rams are ahead by seven or more at halftime, I'm going to be looking at Cincy second half, Cincy team total over second half, and Rams team total under second half because I think we've seen a distinct performance trend where the Bengals have been good out of halftime. As far as props, mixing over receptions and receiving yards because I think he's going to have to be that safety valve for Burrow with that pass rush uh, that the Rams can throw at him. I like Odell Beckham props. I like Kendall Blanton to score a touchdown. I think that's great value. The Bengals struggle defending tight ends. I think Kendall Blanton, who will be the starting tight end with Tyler Higby out uh, for the Rams, he'll find the end zone. Uh, Rams to call the first time out, minus 115. They've called the first time out 80% in their games this year. They've called the first time out. So that one I like. Both teams, both quarterbacks to throw an interception, plus 160. Great price on that. I think there's a good chance both of them throw an INT. Longest punt, Kevin Huber. Huber, uh, Huber, I should say. Kevin Huber, Cincinnati Bengals, longest punt, over 52 and a half yards. He's got a booming leg. He's shown it already all year long. I think there's a good chance that uh, cashes in. I'm just going rapid fire through a lot of the props here. Acres over 64 and a half rushing yards because I think they sense that the Bengals are weaker against the run. And because they dropped everybody back into coverage against Kansas City and it worked, in the second half, I think Cincinnati will come out with that scheme early in the game. And hopefully Sean McVay knows that and says, how do we attack that defense if they're dropping everybody back into coverage? Well, that's going to open up the middle of the field. We'll run the football with Akers. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for. And, and they'll go to Akers early in offense. So I like his over rushing yards prop. Uh, what else do I like? Second half to be higher scoring than the first half as well. Uh, minus 145. And Joe Burrow, uh, T. Higgins props, receiving receptions, receiving yards touchdown score prop and last but not least joe burrow over 36 and a half pass attempts why because i don't think they're going to run the football successfully why because there could be trailing i think i think they'll be trailing more of this game than the rams and so they're going to probably be put in a situation where they're going to have to throw the football uh, a lot more so Burrow over 36 and a half pass attempts so there we go a lot of props too many to name but i've even got more than that but We'll be here all night uh, if I go through the rest of the prop board uh, on this show. Uh, great stuff. We thank Jake Hahn, our special guest, for joining us. And Vito, of course. Vito will be back with me tomorrow uh, on the Sunday edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube live, hit the like button uh, on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Jake Hahn, for Vito, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.